Welcome to the Protectors Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Piccolo. You've seen my next guest, Patrick Beischer, on Transformers 5, Fox and Friends, and even on a 700 Club. Very, very inspirational story. Great guest, ex-Navy SEAL, author, a lot to talk about. He also has his own program called the GRIT Program, which is Growth, Resilience, Integrity, and Time. And he'll cover that in this conversation. Really good. Liked it. Thanks for joining me, Patrick. Hey, I'd like to welcome Patrick Beischer to the Protectors Podcast. How you doing, Patrick? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Jason. Yeah, definitely. I've been a great week, great guests, uh, Army SF, Lieutenant Colonel, Max Martini, and, and now we got Patrick. This is great, man. I, I love this. Well, it's just a pleasure to be on and you know, be a, be a part of a, a great group of guys. Yeah, and that's the the main reason for this podcast is just, you know, get some really positive people out there and, you know, share stories, man. Yeah. Well, I, I try to, you know, bleed positive. And for me, like being being positive is about the only thing that got me through all the negative in my life. And I always tell people, like, if you let a negative thought or a negative situation into your life, or especially a negative thought into your mind, it's like a cancer. And you allow that negative to spread all over you. And you got to just be able to beat that out with, you know, positive thoughts and beliefs and actions. So I'm all about it. Yeah, and I was reading up on you. and You know, I, I kind of took a look at your book. I didn't buy it yet, but as soon as we're done here, I'm actually going to buy it because it looks really good. And, you know, I'm going to read, like, you know, just a little the paragraph about the book. Okay. And it says Patrick, but uh, Patrick's career as an Navy SEAL should have ended after a parachuting accident nearly crippled him. But overcoming adversity, even an injury as serious as a broken hip, was nothing new for him. He spent a portion of his childhood in leg braces. So how do you go from having like a childhood, you know, where, hey, you know what, you might not walk right. It says you had a degenerative hip condition and then bam, you're uh you're a Navy SEAL, you're on SEAL Team 7, and, and, and you're in war. <laughs> well, it's... Uh, <laughs> it does a lot to it, man, but it's, it's, you've had a really great, great life. So I've definitely had my challenges, and I, I've never had really a, a bad day in retrospect. You know, I've been able to build on really poor or bad situations and come out of it on top. Uh, just through a mentality that I've developed. And so when I was younger, I had a, a leg calf perthes disease, it's a avascular necrosis. In layman's terms, for normal people, my hip bone deteriorated. And then from the age of like 9 and 10 and 11, I was on crutches and I was in braces, kind of like Forrest Gump. I got made fun of all the time. And I really had to develop some mental toughness to not let what other people tell me that I could or couldn't do uh, affect what I really could do. So I developed a 1% mentality and I created that just to get 1% better. And for me, it was to get to the mailbox. So after I was out of my body cast, 
uh, and then I learned how to crutch around again. And this is about two years into all of the, the things that happened to me. I just thought, you know, I have to be useful. I have to do something. And for me, it was like, hey, I got to go get the mail. So if I could take one step to the mailbox, you know, I'm, I'm 1% there. So if I could do that, then I could do other things. And that's kind of how my mentality started out. And now that developed from, you know, the doctors telling me I couldn't walk again. And then they said I couldn't play sports. And I was a three-sport athlete, captain, all that good stuff. Uh, just because of mentality and um, my just relentless desire to succeed and prove people wrong. And um, so it just it gradually flowed into what's the next step for me. And so then I became or, you know, thought, hey, let me become a Navy SEAL. And at that time, it, people didn't really know what it was. So that was even better for me because my childhood dream was to be a G.I. Joe and a ninja at the same time. So it worked out. Yeah. You could have been snake eyes, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was working on it. <laughs> exactly. I, I think, you know, it was either like the torn between the, the white shadow and snake eyes. So, yeah, good times, <laughs> man. So you were a, were you a pre or post 9-11? Oh, post. Oh, yeah. 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 So I, I keep forgetting how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so I did see the, uh, the twin towers drop on TV and I initially I was like, okay, I'm going in to be a Marine cause my uncle was a Marine. And then, uh, my parents kind of, you know, st steered me away from that. And I finished up school and then had a business, uh, right out of high school. And I just didn't have that passion i didn't want to go into things just to make money or make a living and i really wanted to serve at the highest capacity that my body would allow me to because being told your whole life you can't do this or you can't do that and uh you know just being limited physically i just wanted to push myself and to be of service so i really do have a servant heart uh, deep down so I, I wanted to just fulfill that at the maximum level possible to you know find the best version of me that I could. And the SEAL teams brought that out of me. They also brought out um, what I like to call a uh, victim's mindset. And that's, I was only looking out for myself and I only wanted to do the things uh, to, to help me out and to, you know, put another trophy you know, on my wall and so that mentality was broken down through the SEAL teams. And then I was able to have a warrior mindset as opposed to a victim's. And that, that really helped me change uh, my attitude and my ability to communicate what I went through and help others out at the same time. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, you're not the first one I talked to that came from the, uh, the SEAL teams that has like that servant attitude. You know, it's not about you. It's about kind of the greater good and helping out your fellow, uh, your fellow countrymen, countrywomen, uh, and just people in general. So I really commend you on that. Well, I appreciate that. I'm humbled by that because I think it was really beat out of me and beat into me to, to let me know that, you know, there's something bigger than me. Yes, you can serve the country, but you can still do it selfishly. But you can't be like a team guy and do that at the same time you can't serve selfishly you have to 
be a part of the team because if you're not a part of the team you're not going to make it through training and I think that they use that and and the way that they do that in training at BUDS or basic underwater demolition seal training they use that at the highest level with the hardest things to really break you down so that you can depend on your teammates and so you you're able to just say okay I'm going to do it for the team as opposed to myself and the people that say, no, I'm, I'm in it for me. They end up, you know, quitting or getting dropped. So, you know what, that's why nowadays you're seeing a lot of professional sports and sports in general, hiring out a lot of like team guys, a lot of SF guys, a lot of even, you know, just regular combat veterans and veterans that have that team mentality that they could kind of show you how it works rather than, uh, you can't rely on just yourself there. And that cheesy, there is no I in team, but it's true, man. Oh, and sometimes man. you have to go through absolute pain to get to it. Right. Uh, and the, and the pain that comes with it though, it's like, for me, I'll, I always tell people, man, pain is a source of growth. If you're not experiencing some sort of pain at, at some level, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual pain, I mean, that's when you grow the most. It's silly, but that's why they call it growing pains. And um, so for for me, I was I experienced pain on every level, <laughs> and uh, and that's I think that's how I'm relatable to people because I'm just an average Joe. I don't claim to be the greatest seal on earth, uh, and I I'm not. And I'm just a product of what they, you know, their production line and. I'm just humbled to be even one of the guys because for me, I was just trying to make it. I wasn't the best. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the strongest, uh, but I knew how to suffer better than everyone else. <laughs> and, and that allowed me to participate and be a part of the team, you know, cause everyone was in pain. I was like, this is nothing. Uh, just a quick story. My my hip hurt so bad going through uh, life and going through training. One day at my friend's house before the SEAL teams, uh, I had broke my arm. And I went to his mom, one of my friend's moms, said, hey, I broke my arm. Like, can you take me home so my mom could take me to the hospital? And she said, oh, no, honey, I'd be hurting a lot more than that. You'd be crying. And and my hip hurt more than that break at the time. So it just kind of gives you a, an understanding of how bad I, like the physical pain I was in. So it was funny. And then I came back a couple of days later with a cast on and she cried and I got free dinner. <laughs> so, you know, it's it was, a, you know, you have your own personal suck, but then like when you, when you, it sounds like everybody, when they go through the buds, the buds, you know, for me, army guy is, uh, that shared suck. And that's where the yeah. memories that really get you through, man. You know, cause whenever I've done anything, like whether it be, you know, if it ain't raining, you know, it ain't training or if you're not in a suck, then he's just, you kind of forget about all those other experiences. Right. Right. It's great. You know, and, and the good thing is like, it doesn't matter what happened in your past. Everybody has a past and everybody has a story too. Everybody has a story to tell, but when you get there, and you're you're in it and you know the the motto for us is the only easy day was yesterday so if you're there today and you're in the suck 
I mean, you can just enjoy that process because you know you're getting stronger. You know you're getting harder. You know that bond is forming even greater. And I think a lot of people, professionals, miss out on that. They they view it differently. You know, if it sucks, then they try to steer away from it. And that's when you get the most growth and the most benefit with your teammates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> the shared suck. Yeah. Now, I saw that you were in Iraq. When were you over there? Uh, late 2000s, so 2011, 2012. Okay, cool. How was that tour like? Um, let me go back. That's 2009. Uh, 2012, I was an instructor. Sorry. Okay. Uh, time is flying. It was uh, So the war was uh, dying down a little bit, but we were out all the time. Uh, I was... Luckily, I learned a foreign language, and I was the Iraqi uh, interpreter, hangler, and I was in charge of that. So I did a lot of FID, a lot of training, uh, foreign internal defense training with the SWAT teams and the uh, Iraqi special forces group that they had there. So I was able to train them, equip them, and then go out on missions with them. And we did uh, some unilateral stuff. And it was good. It was fun. And, you know, we did our job. And it was terrible at the same time. So I have no bad things to say about it, you know, except it's really hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, yeah, I was there in 06. So. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was very hot. <laughs> I was in Kuwait before that, and then I went up to Iraq for ten months. So yeah, good times, different times. Right, right, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, different. I mean, it, when people talk about the war, it's like it changes so much and so fast that um, it's almost different. Like each year you go by, because you know they learn so much, and so do you, and so things change, tactics change, and uh, so that I'm, I'm glad you were able to get out there and come back home and, you know, find service again. That's great. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a good experience. I was one of those individual ready reserve guys that kind of got called up out of the blue. So a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I had the experience now, you know, because heads, you know, doing a podcast getting to talk to good people and just getting it going, you know, share the word and, you know, try to help others out in need. That's amazing. That's that's the the name of the game with all this stuff with these podcasts with just making a cool network, talking to cool people, um, great people like yourself. Because I got to say that because you know I, I give you a lot of kudos, man. You know, going through a lot of diversity, and that that brings me into what happened to you next is uh, you know, it looks like you had a parachute accident. I did, I did. Uh, we were just debating on whether or not to do that last jump to, you know, get the qual in for the day. And, um, the winds were bad, but I came down, um, it was a static line jump. So there's no, no toggles to move around and no easy landings, kind of like jumping off a three story building, hoping that you're fine. And, uh, the crosswinds picked up right like under, it was under 500 feet. And so I tried to turn and didn't really work because you can't really turn in those things. And I went from going about 15 to about 30 miles an hour and I hit the ground 
extremely hard. My hip popped. So, and then I hit my head on the ground, my ProTech helmet, uh, shout out to ProTech, saved my head. It cracked the helmet, but it saved me. And then I got up, I heard that really loud pop and I said, oh, I'll just walk it off. And um, I fell to the ground and I'm, I'm pretty tough. So I got back up again and all I heard was grinding and popping. Oh. And uh, my whole acetabulum totally blew out on that uh, landing because I was already down to bone on bone with my hip just because it grew back deformed uh, when I was younger. And um, so I just knew something was really wrong. And I just thought, hey, I'll just gut it out because why not? And then I didn't really end up ruining <laughs> uh, my body until a couple months after that, my wife was just telling me, Hey, you're grinding your teeth. You know, your leg oh. is breaking at night. Yeah. I was only getting a couple hours of sleep. And then, um, I finally went in, you know, my, my LPO or my, my leading petty officer came to me and talked with me. I said, Hey man, I'm, I think I'm done. Like we, I remember specifically we were going up a mountain, was rucking, came back down and uh just had to drive home and like lay down and i thought there's no way i can keep doing this and then i went to the doctor's office you know a couple of days later and they said hey you can't be a seal anymore you know you have to cross rate or be a cook or whatever oh man you know how do you go from being like a an operator, you know, and even being as, you know, cause when you're an instructor as well, that's kind of like, you know, pretty, pretty high speed to, Hey, you know what? You're going to cross rate. Maybe we'll put you on a ship for right. six, eight months. Well, well, number one, uh, my pride was so filled up in me that I needed to be, uh, knocked down. So pride definitely came before the destruction of who I was. And that's when I hit rock bottom. And that's when I really had to change everything about me and have like be a full on servant to everyone around me. And once I fully grasped that, then the doors opened up for me because I learned differently. I thought differently and uh, I was able to use my talents differently as well. Uh, the doctor told me I couldn't do that. You know, I, I, he just said, you know, tough it out. And then I ended up getting a full hip replacement through that. And in that process, I learned Arabic, you know, at a higher level than most people get because I had more time and I was able to utilize that time effectively in service to the SEAL team that I was with. So it ended up working out really well for me, even though it was a setback, you know, I, it was a, it was just the process that I needed to take in order to be humbled. And uh, once I gained my humility back, I was able to serve at a higher level, even though I didn't do what I wanted to do, I did what the team needed me to do. And so I fulfilled that role. It was very eye-opening. Now, what was your decision like to get out? The decision to get out came um, when I was operating and 
I jumped out of the Humvee from the turret and went to go uh, to a house. And for a split second, I thought to myself, oh no, my hip. Like it, it kind of hurt and I had to uh, brace myself. And in that split second, I wasn't where I should have been. I wasn't zoned in like I should have been. And what could have happened and didn't is that uh, I could have missed my field of fire. I could have gotten one of my buddies killed by not doing my job. And so that kind of hit me really hard. And I had a talk with uh, my CO and my command master chief about it after we were done. And I told him about it because I had to be honest. And, you know, I wasn't prideful anymore about myself or accomplishments. I said, after this, you know, go around, I should probably, you know, look at my options. So um, by the grace of God, I then was in charge of the foreign language program for Naval Special Warfare and was able to implement all of the lessons learned that we had accumulated over time. With, and with the uh, Iraqi interpreters, we set up uh, like key leader engagement scenarios and just the regular meet and greets and the things that you should do with the, the foreign language that people have. So we just crammed all that together in, in something that the, the guys could benefit from. So I was able to do that and serve at a, in a totally different way. And by no means was I a language guy or into developing curriculum or anything like that. But now, were, able, you, were you a DLI guy? Did you go to DLI initially? I did not. I did not. I just stayed in-house and I went to a SDSU, so San Diego. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Just did that and um, and learned there with you know normal people and <laughs> yeah, my my wife got to go to DLI back in the 90s for Russian and uh, Serbo Croatian man for a year. Can you imagine? Uh that's full immersion. Yeah, I got a lot of friends that did that too and and we took some of their content and put it into ours so that we could, you know, take the best from the cream of the crop and mold it into what we can do as uh, operators. Yeah, so, language is so vital, man. It's it's absolutely vital. It, it definitely helped. <laughs> so you get out of the Navy and did you write the book right away or, or? No, no, I was, I was uh, telling people my story about uh, overcoming adversity. And so I did not want to write a book. you know, who they are and they don't surrender to what others say they can or cannot do, but they just surrender to God. And when they do that, they can find their way. And, um, so that's why I wrote the book. And the book is no surrender, faith, family, and finding your way. 
That's on Amazon. Uh, but one thing I really wanted to talk about, and we were, we were chatting before the, before we started recording today is your next venture. Cause this sounds like it's really, it'd be really great for the whole community that would listen to this podcast. Yeah. So, so my next launch is, uh, so I started the, the grit Institute and grit is an acronym. It stands for growth, resilience, integrity, and time. And what I found throughout this mentoring uh, people and guys trying to become SEALs and professional athletes and coaches that, you know, many people try, they're just struggle. They struggle to identify who they are and, and how they think, which affects relationships and how people interact with the world around them. And the Grit Institute helps individuals understand how we think, how we learn about our opportunity and provides practical pathways that strengthen our ability to achieve like higher level personal and professional success. And so that's, there's, there's a couple of things that I talk about within that it's having a 1% mentality. And, and my goal is for these people to be transformed by the renewal of their mind, walking it out 1% at a time, not conforming to the patterns of others and to the old ways of thinking. And through the Grit Institute, you have a mentorship program uh, that will identify opportunities for improvement by fully developing their why uh, to fill the gaps to become a better and over uh, better overall teammate and professional. And there's leadership opportunities within the the institute, and even within that, I can be a mental toughness coach, where I just try to change their perspective you know, through a warrior mindset class that I give. And it gives, it really gives a revelation uh, from adversities and disciplines to conquer the enemy from within. And uh, so that's kind of the grit Institute in a nutshell. And my mission really is to create a culture and a movement of people that embrace that 1% mentality and live victoriously through a warrior's mindset. And um, now, where would you where would we find more information about that? At? Uh, that's at my website, just patrickbeischer.com, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-B-I-S-H-E-R.com. Most of that is on there, and if you want to get a hold of me, you can do that. But uh, there there's a lot that I'm putting together, and my schedule's it's not completely booked up, but it's getting there. So I, I, uh, I'm learning that you have to start scheduling everything down to minutes sometimes, you know, especially do it a podcast. Right. You know, so I'm like, I'm using this calendly now and I'm like, yeah, definitely, definitely got to use a, a schedule. <laughs> a lot, a lot of people are using that too. It just makes a lot of sense with the way that, um, technology is now, you know, we're able to utilize that so much more effectively. And if you're not doing that, I uh, urge a listener to to do that, especially if they're trying to grow their brand or, you know, become something and fill a space that they've never filled before. That's a good opportunity just to grow. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, one thing I really like um, about what you're doing is, and you, you've you kind of kicked on it a little bit, is you have a, you're really grounded in faith. And, yes. you know, 100%. that's 100%. I like that a lot. 
I wish, and, and you know, people shouldn't be, you know, in today's day and age, you, you shouldn't shy away from speaking about what you believe in, especially when it comes to your faith, regardless right. of what the faith is. So, so for me, it's like, that's who I am. It's, it's what I stand for. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Like I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, he's my Lord and savior. He's my everything. I wake up in the morning. I pray to him. I read my Bible and I meditate. I pray, you know, I do all of the things that other people do, but I'm not religious. I don't think that I can do all of these things and fulfill righteousness. For me, it's like, I know I'm saved by grace. I know I'm, you know, just like everyone else. That's what I'm trying to get my point across is that, you know, I'm not this awesome Navy SEAL. I'm the same as everyone else. And I just have a, a path to grow. And I've experienced a ton of failures. And through those failures, I was able to become successful in what I've done. And my faith will shine in that because it's like I've hit rock bottom so many times. And that's because it was God's will for my life to hit rock bottom so that I could be saved. Otherwise, I would have been too arrogant, too prideful for anyone. And I was able to uh, really grow through that. And I'm glad you're talking about that, too. And I'm glad you address that in your book. So I really I'm, I'm picking it up tonight. There's only 13 <laughs> 13 hard covers left in stock. So uh, I, if I get this sucker, you better, you better sign it when I see you someday. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. So we could find you on Instagram at yep, Patrick, Patrick, Beicher. Patrick Beicher and anywhere else besides your website. Yeah. I mean, I'm whatever, all the normal social media <laughs> stuff. I don't really do Snapchat because yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, and my parents, not my parents, my kids are like, uh, Dad, you're on that old person's thing called Facebook, right? right. <laughs> That's where you can find those, those old guys, anybody over 30, I guess. Right. Facebook <laughs> and LinkedIn, it's like, hey, we're we're all old and you know, we'll stick it's, to it. It's good, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm thankful for, you know, you carving out the time to add me on to the list of the greats that you already have on there. <laughs> everybody's great. Everybody's equal. Hey, uh, one thing I want to, I want to talk about real quick is are there any veteran owned or LEO owned or first responder owned companies that you support? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, <laughs> that you I want have... to give a shout out to. Cause I'm, I'm, just, I'm starting I'm... to do that now. No, no, no. I'm just grateful. I don't really uh, support anyone more than anyone else. I'll just give a shout out to all the people in armed forces every, every day, every time if you get a chance, you know, to see an officer or a fireman, um, even, even military members, I mean, go up and, and honestly thank them for their service and, you know, go out and reach out and, and help out the community. Cause that's what it's all about. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. People are so divided right now. And on this political platform that people have to choose one side or the other to, to make changes within the society, it starts with you and it starts with us. So if we can be that light in the darkness and shine in the middle, instead of, you know, hiding away from things, I encourage each and every one of us to do that. Well, that's the absolute right there. You nailed it. And that's the whole thing is just being able to get people to sit down at the table and talk. Yeah. 
You know, how hard is it to just have a conversation? And, and it's okay to, to disagree. You know, it's okay to be, uh, to be on the other side. But if you can come at it with respect and have some integrity, like, I know I don't agree with all the sides, but I also haven't walked in their shoes. And they haven't seen, you know, my life or walked in mine. So if you can come with a broader perspective, I think that would do a lot of good for those people out there that are uh, saying things that they are. No, I agree completely. And that's, that's the next step with the podcast is kind of get another platform out here to talk about ways we could bridge this gap, you know, and then make a unified, you know, nation, unified people. Yeah. I love have it. Anything to do with race or creed, national right. religion or anything. Just like, let's talk about it. Yeah. The last time I checked, we all bleed the same color. So. Absolutely. <laughs> okay brother i really appreciate it yeah thank you thank you so much yeah thank you brother all right god bless this. you too